that in 20 years. I'm Kevin Coleman at the boys <laughs> underscore 22. I'm Jeff Bell at for whom J Bell tolls. And I am Christian Williams at C Williams NFL. And this is the Debbie Royale. I do this day in and day out oh. all night long. Yeah. This is all I think about. This is all I care about. Y'all all I care about. Let's go, man. It's here. We televised. So you know we got to show out. Yeah. They talking junk. So you know we got to put them to sleep. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go, man. Let's go. Don't play. Let's go. We do this every day. We work too hard. Day in, day like I told y'all. They'll do what we do. They'll do what we do. They never know what we did. Welcome to another episode of the Debbie Royale. I hope you're excited as we are excited because we are going to be picking week 10 games. We're going to be looking at stars and sleepers like you usually do, but we have some fun college football news that just dropped. Not, you know, about, I don't know what an hour ago ish. And that's the college football playoff standings have been released out there. And we have some interesting, uh, interesting kind of some teams out here. So we're going to, I'll go through them. And then we'll kind of we'll just go through. Uh, Jeff has some choice words for me, probably. Uh, and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see how that goes. Uh, you know, so number one, no shocker here, Georgia. I guess we could just go like this, Georgia. Any shocker with guys with Georgia being number one? We kind of figured that one, right? That was the gimme. Yeah. All right. Number two, Jeff, for whom Jay Bell tolls, Alabama. What is your problem if no, Alabama being at number two? I, I don't have a problem with Alabama being at number two. Um, if I okay. were doing these polls, I probably, I don't know. I'm college football traditionalist, and I probably would defer to having Oklahoma in this spot because they're undefeated and they are the Ooh, blue okay. blood. And, um, and certainly they don't have a quality win, and that's probably why they ended up where they ended up. Uh, I don't have a problem with Alabama being here. I, I think in some respects, this is the best job the committee's ever done. And I think it's also the worst job the committee's ever done. So I think it's interesting. <laughs> what do you think about Alabama, Christian? Um, I actually do have a problem with it. If you lose okay. to an unranked team, <clears throat> despite looking like the second best team for most of the year, um, I just don't see what qualifies you to be the number two ranked team. Um, <clears throat> especially when you look at the other teams, that we'll, we're about to get to. One of the ones that I think should be there is Ohio State. They lost to another team that we're about to talk about. That is their one loss on the year and have looked every bit as competitive as Alabama in every other game after that. Granted, not quality opponents uh, up until this Penn State game where they looked a little bit shaky, but ultimately I, I just how, – how can you lose to A&M and that just doesn't matter? Like I, I just don't understand. Okay, so I, I get what you're saying there. I do think them ranking certain teams, like Miami, like, you know, they're going to be, 
I did. They've been playing better, so I know that they're not in that area. But I'm sure the eye test there. Uh, they won that 44-13. I know it's a different team. They, you know, Florida's kind of fell off. I think Ole Miss is ranking is I think is helping them a little bit. But again, I, you know, with with, with where Ole Miss is going to be, I know that they, you know, we saw what they did last last week. Um, I, I agree. I think Alabama should be there just because I think that they're the second best team in college football. They lost to Texas A&M. I get it. I, I do. I do know they lost Texas A&M, uh, but that was at College Station. So if, if we're going to give them a pass there, they. If you watch that game. I know I think I differ uh, than my co-host's opinion here. I think that they more lost it than Texas A&M won it. I feel like they had a lot of drop passes. They had a lot of mistakes in that game that I feel like – I felt like Alabama was the best team on that field that day. They just didn't win the game. So, I, I think – but in reality, does it really matter? We already knew this was going to happen. I think Alabama's got to win out. I don't think that this puts them in the right spot if they lose in the Georgia that they're going to get the fort, unless some things happen. Here's the thing, though. This is setting it up so that Alabama can still get in if they lose to Georgia, because then the argument is, well, that was the number two ranked team in the nation that lost to the number one ranked team. But we still think that they're two of the best four teams in the nation. So putting them at two allows for them to drop to four and no one's everyone's still going to push back on it. But people who are sensible will say, Two lost teams should not be in the playoffs, especially over what will probably be an undefeated Cincinnati at that point, uh, over even one loss Oregon, one loss Ohio State. Like, I don't see how they could justify it, and I think that's what they're setting us up for. And that sucks. I think that's it. The real question that when it comes to that point would be how Alabama looks against Georgia in this SEC championship game. Because if it is a close game, and the committee convinces themselves that Georgia is by far, in a way, the number one team in the college football, which the reality it is, that's what it is right now. If it is a very close game, I, the committee will tell themselves that Alabama has the best chance, better chance than anybody else in this field of beating Georgia because we just saw them yesterday because it'll be the day after the game. Yesterday, take them down to the field goal, so let's see it again. It, that would be the reason why they would get in. Um, I, I agree with you. I, I tend to, I don't know. I, nobody's in the room with committee, so the committee can do whatever they want to do. They always tell us that they build the rankings from the bottom up. I don't think that's true at all. I think that they build the rankings from the top, and then they build in their justification for the rankings. I think you look at the top 17 teams, seven SEC teams are in there. Uh, you know, SEC is probably the best conference i mean it's the best conference in college football but to have seven of the 17 teams in college football i don't know that i can get there right now at this point in the season because they have several teams in there that have lost three games and are like five and three and you're going to be still be a top 17 team and so that raises some flags in my mind you know it's it's one of those that it's it's i said that this is kind of like getting upset about ADP like in college in fantasy football in in June, it doesn't really matter right now. And so that's where I have a hard time getting too upset about it, but we do have content to make. That's yeah. What are you true. talking about? This is content, babe. I'm ups- <laughs> I'm excited. Like, what? come on. Like, I'm excited that we're at the point in the season that we have. I do. Now. 
Hey, I love this shit. Like, this makes me, I love it. I love that Cincinnati fans are out there crying right now. Uh, Cincinnati <laughs> finished six. We'll talk about that right now. I love Ohio State fans coming in my mentions. I love that Oregon might be the worst playoff team that with the worst quarterback we've probably ever seen. But I think they've shown head-to-head matters, and I will talk about that. Michigan State is the is the number three. And, you know, Jeff put in here, you know, maybe worst playoff team. I don't know how this kind of shapes out. I think Cincinnati being six is telling though like i think uh now i know that's the highest rating for a non-power five guy a team so i do think that is the highest rating that they put somebody but i think that is very telling i don't ah, is there a chance cincinnati could go undefeated and not make it there's yeah. a very real chance cincinnati can go undefeated and not make it they, they're set How do up you feel that, about that, that depends. i mean it depends it, it sucks for cincinnati for that program but you know if it's the type of thing where georgia is undefeated well if ohio state runs the table or michigan state runs the table if oklahoma's undefeated if wake forest ends up undefeated it, it's just the reality of the situation that you're going to go with these programs that play in the power five conferences yeah i will say cincinnati kind of shot themselves in the foot they <clears throat> they had an opportunity to just cement their place in yeah. the top four and they squandered that the last two weeks. And even, I mean, last week they did come out. The score did not indicate how they played in the first quarter, first half even. Uh, and But the the win still looks impressive on paper. But I think that goes back to the committee saying, well, I test said that Cincinnati might lose another game. And so we'll just put them at six. Even if they went out, I don't think they make it. And I knew this was going to happen. I knew the committee was going to take them out of the top four. And I am still sitting here like, well, that's garbage that a one loss Oregon that lost to Stanford got in over Cincinnati. Like, do we think that Stanford is better than Notre Dame? No, they're not better than Notre Dame. Right. So then you have a better, I guess, the quality win for Oregon, still Ohio State. Uh, but the argument then that you can make is that th- th- that's a different team. And that's the argument that I think. Even the three of us have been making with Travion Henderson now being on the field a lot more. So I, I just I, I feel for Cincinnati fans. I don't think they're making the I I actually don't think they have a chance to make the playoffs despite sitting at six. I, I do think in some respects this this might be a good thing for Cincinnati that you want them to be in the top four right now coming out of it, the, the, having that quality win over Notre Dame. But I think you look at the last two weeks and the reality of it, it is, is these are 19, 20 year old kids. And after they got number three next to their name or number two next to their name, the pressure is mounting. They're worried about, they're not worried about executing that play. They're, they're thinking all week long about what do we need to do to get into the playoff? What do we need to do? We need to blow this team out. We can't. And I think that we've seen that historically teams get into trouble when they have that mindset where they're not worrying about let's just execute this play, keep and allow it to build on itself. We're worried about bigger picture things. And we've seen teams come out flat in those performances. We've seen teams get upset in those performances. And so in a way, maybe this shifts the mindset inside Cincinnati's building. And instead of thinking like we've arrived already, we just need to maintain and hold this out throughout the rest of the season. They switch back to that Hunter mentality and think like, okay, now we've got the chip back on our shoulder. Now we have to take this down. Now it's us against the world again. And we've also seen that work in powerful ways throughout sport. When it, when you can build it up as everybody is against us, everybody is doubting us. That, 
builds and snowballs on itself. And that usually leads to more success. And so in some respects, you want to see Cincinnati in that spot right now because they have, they're undefeated and they have the quality win. But again, this is, there's so much more football left to be played. It's true. Cincinnati's going to lose a game, everybody. So this <laughs> this is true. pretty nuts for not. I think that they're going to lose to SMU. Even though SMU lost, I still – I think that they, they're going to lose a game. I think it's going to be a lot of argument for nothing. Like, But, I mean, I did see someone tweet out. I don't know who it was. It might have been Ray about, like, you don't want to see Cincinnati in the playoff anyway. Well, I don't necessarily – I kind of tend to agree a little bit. I also think it's not fair then. Then why the hell do we have a playoff? for college football if we're not going to let teams like Cincinnati in. Like, in my opinion, we sh- they got to get the opportunity at some point. Or you got to open it up to six and just say, hey, you have two buys for the first two guys, and then you have four teams, and that allows teams like Cincinnati to go. But you, you, we all know in this thing, the Cincinnati season, this is like a dream season. This usually doesn't happen, like, when we talk about these guys. And, like, everything has to come into play. But let's talk about Michigan State, Oregon, and Ohio State. Or I don't know if you want to talk about Michigan State. I think that's exactly where they should be in terms of, like, hey, they beat Michigan – uh, Michigan's overrated as shit, though, so let's all be real there. So that win is not going to look as impressive as it is going to be. Uh, and then you have Oregon, Ohio State. In my opinion, Oregon should be ranked higher than Ohio State because I care about head to head. And I just and I'm a Pac-12 truther, so I'm on the Pac-12 side. So I, even though I know I, my favorite team is the Big Ten, I'm a California guy. So I do believe that if they beat you, I know that they're playing better. We all know that Henderson's there. I know Jeff says they held and they had targeting issues. I get it. I know it. But on the field, both teams played and Oregon won. So I do agree. Now, Ohio State's still in position, though. They just got to win out. They'll be fine. All they got to do is win out. And if they're that talented team. But could we see Oregon as the four seed, even if, if that situation happened? Uh, yes, I will say Oregon's spot here shocks me, honestly. And I already spoke to it. Losing to Stanford is more significant to me than beating an Ohio state team that was still coming into its own. I, I thought top six made sense. I thought they should be six personally. Um, I don't think I actually, when I just put out what I would have done, I don't think they made it because we're also, we haven't even gotten to Oklahoma yet. Uh, and I know we will but I think they deserve a spot in this top six. Um, And so I think if I were kicking one team out, including Michigan state, Ohio state, Cincinnati, and Oregon, I would kick out Oregon because that loss is so drastically worse uh, than anything we've seen from the other ones. Um, Especially like, and, and that's another argument for Ohio state is that yes, they lost to Oregon, uh, but Oregon, is a top four team in the eyes of the committee. So is that really that bad of a loss? The answer is still yes. Like they should have won the game, but that's a team coming into its own. And if they're going to go with the eye test for Cincinnati and say, well, this isn't a top four team, they're top six, but they're not a top four. Then I don't understand how they weigh eye test versus actual product (laughs) on the field. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't get it. Well, that's been a problem throughout this college football committee thing. Go ahead, Jeff. What do you think? I think that the committee got into the room and they looked at all these teams, much like like we can do. And we, I think that you can go into the room 10 times and come out with 10 different answers. And I think that they 
they tried to put together what would be the most acceptable answer for this point in the season, knowing that whoever you end up in that six, seven, eight range is going to be mad. And it's one of those that they, they had a impossible task looking at this. Um, do I think that they'll make it in if they win out? I think that scenario sits right now that if Alabama were to win out, Georgia loses that game. I think those two teams take spots. If Oklahoma wins out, they're taking a spot if they're undefeated. When it comes down to it, if Ohio State wins out and Oregon wins out, that's when you are going to have the very uncomfortable, interesting debate because Oregon will have the head-to-head win and they could be in a scenario where they don't have another top 25 win outside of that head to head win. Whereas Ohio state, assuming Michigan takes care of their business, they probably, and they still lose to Ohio state. They still probably end up top 10. If Michigan state wins out losing to Ohio state, they might end up five, six, seven range. You know, the rest of the big 10 really fell apart. And I think that, where Ohio state gets hurt in that scenario is Iowa falling apart because if it had been, Iowa didn't lose to, you know, they needed to lose games, somebody to clear it out, but they didn't lose to Penn state or like that to make it a quality win. They lost to games that really tank them out of it. And so if they had one out and if they're sitting at 12 and zero. and Ohio state wins that runs that gauntlet at the end of the season, Michigan state, Michigan, Iowa, then yeah. you're having a different conversation than if Iowa or whoever, if Minnesota, whoever wins the Big Ten West is a nine and three type team that or if it's Minnesota a team that Ohio State's beaten already. And so that's I think that that's where you get really interesting on the scenarios of what could potentially happen if Alabama loses to Georgia. That's another one because it's there this is set up but it's one of those that it's you know it's it's november 2nd and there's not football to be played and okay stop saying that I, I don't care about that i want like real <laughs> energy and passion like that's a, like i get it about that scenario but that scenario that you said is what i want i want ohio state and oregon wow. to be sitting there with one loss and then they have to get to decide because this Hey, playoff committee has been asked. Let's be real. Like they have not done a very good job. The fast they've gotten bailed out every year. They get bailed out. And I think it'll probably happen this year, but if they sit there with this, then what is going to matter? Oregon fans have a right to be just, if that happened and we beat Ohio state at Ohio state and we get left out, that's a problem, right? With this whole, it, it kind of puts the committee into question. Now to me personally, do I think Ohio state, if that happened, I, we, we would know that Ohio State had better wins, but would they? Like, is the Big Ten really that good? My answer to that, yes. I know you want to undersell Michigan, and fair enough. Like, I think Michigan's still a pretty good team. And so you're looking at two top ten wins, and I know they don't view it as this, but uh, Penn State was ranked – top 10 at one point in this season, if they don't lose two games leading up to their Ohio state game, they were still a ranked team. And so while I don't know that Penn state's actually that good, I do think that Michigan state and Michigan are. So if Ohio state were to win those two games, then we're in a completely different scenario. And that's when I think we see Ohio state jump into the top four. So it's theirs to lose uh, would be after those two games. Um, the scenario I I wanted to throw out there, though, so say, like Jeff said, if Alabama looks great against Georgia, but they lose by like a field goal, Alabama takes the four spot. That leaves two spots. Um, 
Oregon wins out, Ohio State wins out, Oklahoma wins out. Uh, do we think Oklahoma, with how they're sitting right now, which we haven't talked about, but they're eighth, uh, do you think they would jump? I know, Jeff, you said they probably take a spot. Kevin, do you think the same thing? Do you think Oklahoma would get in as an undefeated team? I think that I, I think they have to. I I think Oklahoma should be the most pissed about this eight. I thought they'd yes. be way higher. Like I actually today when we were talking with my my buddies and we were talking about this, I said there was a chance for them to get in the top five. And so when they came up at eight, I was like, oh okay, so they have no respect for Oklahoma and their kind of schedule there. If they go undefeated, they have to get in, right? But then this is the same argument at Wake Forest. If Wake Forest goes undefeated and they do the Clemson route, and they beat everybody in the ACC, how can you tell Wake Forest, oh, we'll do it for Clemson, but we won't do it for you? Like, that's bullshit too, right? Like, I know it's money, and I get it. I, I know. We don't – they don't want Wake Forest and – or could you imagine Wake Forest and Oregon being in this in this uh, college football play? I mean, in terms of money-wise, like, that would just destroy things. But I think Oklahoma should be in there. And if Wake Forest goes undefeated, and they're like the team of the pod, we like to say – there is a legit chance that they go undefeated too. And we're not even talking about what do those two teams go undefeated? And then let's say Alabama beats Georgia. So then you're looking at Alabama, Georgia, Oklahoma, Wake Forest, right? We have to assume that Wake Forest would get in. Yeah, an undefeated do. power five champion is going to get in. I'm telling you. You don't think they're right? going to get in undefeated, Christian? I don't. Undefeated well, power I... five championship is going to get in. I'm telling you right now, they will nuke. They will nuke the heck out of the sport if they do not allow an undefeated power five champion to get in. Now, the nightmare scenario is Alabama gets upset again. Ohio State messes around and loses to somebody random and still wins the Big Ten with two losses. Oregon loses, and then you're sitting here in the college football playoff with Georgia, Cincinnati. Wake Forest and Oklahoma that look, has looked bad all year long, or even if it's Oregon in that spot, I don't. There's just so many different things in play right now. It's it's uh, for as shaky as the season started out. It, early in the season, it felt like we would be talking about two or three lost teams in the college football playoff because how close several of these wins are. But these teams have just continued to win. Um, Christian did touch on a gun point with Penn State. I think Penn State's better than people realize. Um, they always do the same thing, though. They always, around the Ohio State game, they always choke a game that they shouldn't, and so they did it early to Illinois, and that threw everybody off. And if they quarterback didn't get hurt against Iowa, they win that game. And it's just one of those that... I don't know. Some teams are better than people realize and some teams are worse than people realize because of random events that happen in one game. And that's the, that's college football in a nutshell. And that goes back to the Ohio state, Oregon game, random events that happen in one game. And are we going to throw out the entire season because on that one day, but that's, yes. that's what the playoff is. You know, it's Ohio yep. state doesn't have a chance to beat Alabama, but in 2014, they go down and beat Alabama. It's it's that's college football playoff. All right. Well, I I enjoy chaos, and I hope there is chaos, and I enjoy. The, I mean, might as well now. My team sucks, uh, so that's that, that's kind of just how. I don't think Penn State's that good. So those of you out there listening, uh, Jeff's on the Jeff's on the other end of that. He's just trying to build up Penn State. I wonder why. I wonder why <laughs> Jeff's trying to build up Penn State. I wonder if he has an ulterior motive for Penn State to be to be good. Uh, I don't I don't know about that. Anything else in this and this playoffs? Anything stand out to you? I mean, I feel like we didn't give Oklahoma enough time. 
Uh, I know we said that it's crazy that they're not there, but they deserve it. For here's my argument: if Spencer Rattler is still their quarterback, this is a great ranking. If the playoff committee looked at those games, I think they're doing it wrong. I think you have to look at the output since Caleb Williams took over because that's what it's going to be moving forward. I I don't I don't get why they they are now fighting for their playoff life. Um, granted, like like Jeff said, an undefeated uh, Power Five conference champion is going to get in. I don't I don't I don't know that that's the case. I think they come in and they end up sitting at five um, because I think Georgia and Bama get in, even if Alabama loses. I think a two-loss Alabama is going to get in over an undefeated Power 5 school, and I think that's trash. That's why I'm upset about the Bama ranking because I think that's what they're trying to do for ratings. If they do that, it's just arbitrary as hell. I'm telling you, right? It's just if they, they do that, I if know. they put a two-loss – Non SEC, non-SEC champion Alabama in over an undefeated Power Five. Then what? Let's just play the games in August. Like let's just have four playoffs during the year. You know, like screw it. Like we've already decided these are the four best teams. Let's just do it four or five different times, and whoever wins the best of five series of fourteen playoffs, and you know the rest of the sport can do whatever the hell they want to. Let's let's go back to having rivalry games again, and and let's allow some of these ones that because the other games don't matter. You know what Cincinnati's doing? They don't matter what's the point of having a championship that uh, supposedly 120 teams are competing for if idaho shows up on the first day of august and they've already lost in the playoff because we've decided that they can't possibly be one of the four best teams in college football and it's just the committee is random as hell i'm telling you right now they decide they do what they want to do they build yeah. in the justification for why they've done it I, and i think that it's one of these that like I said, teams six through eight are going to be mad at whatever the whatever rank they would have done, and it just feels like they said, "Screw it, let's just get through this. Let's come out." I don't see how you don't have Oklahoma, despite how ugly they've looked. It's and it's really the same argument: Oklahoma, Ohio State. They've made noticeable different changes to their team. They're a different team than some of these teams that have struggled in the past, and it probably. You know, Oklahoma, but they did have Caleb Williams and they had that Kansas game that should have been potentially a loss. My frustration is that I know there are different committee members every year, but there's also just different qualifications every year. And if you're going to have different qualifications every year, different eye tests or different, you know, the first year I remember they emphasized 13th data point. They emphasized they try to use data. Then they just said two years later, they threw it all out and said, screw it, it doesn't matter anymore. And if not, if nothing matters, if you're not going to have any consistency year to year, it's not like you're going incentivizing teams to have good preseason games. You're you're almost de-incentivizing Ohio State to have played this Oregon game because they could have scheduled Akron twice. They played Kent State and Akron, go out there, win by seventy to seven, and they've got a better resume. It's just what do you want out of the sport? It's it's just. Or it you is could lose to an unranked A and M team, and yeah, uh, well, still well be hell, put Texas A and M in the playoff. They, you know, if we're gonna do head to head, then throw them in there. If 
three losses for Alabama doesn't matter. We'll still throw them in the playoff and throw Texas A&M in there too. Why don't we just have an SEC only playoff and then we can have everybody else playoff and then we can <laughs> compete back and forth. You know, Fox can buy one trophy. ESPN could buy another trophy. And then every year they can just have a new trophy and they'll bring it out their title game. And whoever has the biggest one that that can be the champion, but they won't know who's going to be the biggest before the game. And we can just all just have, fun and whatever that doesn't matter in the sport just arbitrarily doing whatever we want to do i did it i riled jeff up yeah you did i like it i like that i like that idea let's just let's just hey, the reality yeah. is we need Arbitrary to expand losers. the playoffs we gotta they need <laughs> yes. to expand it they got to um and and there's that uh we want to we don't want to talk about this all night we are gonna unfortunately uh, apparently i didn't make this thing michigan michigan state <sighs> All right, so let me let me explain. I had a lot of flashbacks as a Michigan fan to 2016 against Ohio State when we were up 17 to seven. I do realize, and then basically 14 of Ohio State's 17 points in regulations came back with turnovers. We had turnovers; they won. I know the officiating was bad, but I'm not an Ohio State fan, so I don't blame officials. Uh, but in this last game against Michigan State, you know what? Michigan outgained Michigan State 552 to 395 yards. We possessed the ball nearly 10 more minutes than they did. We were effective on third downs. We even we were even in the turnover margin. Obviously, we had a bad one at the at the end there, and we still lost. And I know some calls didn't go their way. Probably should have had a touchdown. I got called back and for our overturn. I know that we had a pass interference call that probably should have been called. But you know what? We were up 30 to 14, and this is a problem. And uh, you know, I am I've been a I haven't been a gym. You know, uh, Jim Harbaugh, like, hey, you have to fire him, guy. I've never been like that. I've always said, who the hell are we going to get to come in there that's going to be better? But it's time, and I'm done with Jim Harbaugh. And even if he makes it this year, my Michigan fanship has is, is really been hit. Uh, you know, he's 3-9 and nine against Michigan State and Ohio State. But being three uh, – listen, losing Ohio State is whatever, like – Ohio State's Ohio State. We we should win at least once every you know twenty years. It'd be nice. But going three and four against Michigan State is just it's unacceptable. Especially with the rosters that they had last year, we shouldn't have lost. We shouldn't have lost this year. The uh, sorry, I almost really cussed the punt. Uh, the 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 mishandling of the punt that I will never forget. Those games we shouldn't have lost to. And we, even when you look at what Harbaugh did at, at Stanford, he was or excuse me at Oregon, he was one and three against Stanford. Uh, in the NFL, he didn't have a winning record against the against the Seahawks. He's never really had a, where those big games mattered. And I know what he's done, and I know kind of where he's at. I think he's very limited with who he is as a quarterback or as a, as a coach. The quarterback position has looked not great. I know McNamara was in there, and he looked pretty good on Saturday. But, you know, they haven't recruited well. They lost Xavier Worthy. They lose all these recruits. They get transfers out. They have all this stuff happen to them. At a certain point, you have to realize when a coach ain't can't do it, and he can't do it, and he's not going to be that guy to lead Michigan to glory. So what are we paying him for, to win nine games? If that's the case, then okay. Then all right, come out and say that you're okay with mediocrity and win nine games. Uh, but I'm done with hardball. I'm done with the hardball era. Like, I'm, I'm really over it. I, I think this was his tryout to not get fired, and I think he failed, and I think he gets fired after the year. Um, I would say that it happens midseason, uh, maybe after the Ohio State loss. Uh, that's the end of the season, though. So, like, somewhere around there. Uh, the reason I think that is he actively took a pay cut. He understood that he wasn't 
living up to his expectations. And I, I'm pretty sure he took a, a reduced contract heading into this season with the understanding that he had to prove it um, in order to stay on. He has not. Uh, and, and I do think Michigan's a good football team. I think McNamara was impressive. And I talked about it last week. I thought that Michigan State had the recipe to win this game, and it was just Kenneth Walker. Give Kenneth Walker the ball and hope that Peyton Thorne takes care of the ball. Well, Peyton Thorne didn't. Kenneth Walker was just so much better um, than anyone on the football field. And that's that happens against Harbaugh teams. Is There's one player on the other side of the ball that is just better than anyone that he can get or that he can develop at least. Uh, I don't understand the J.J. McCarthy usage. I think it sucks. He finally got to throw a pass. That was cool. Uh, but he should throw more of them probably. That's not a slight to McNamara. I think he's the best quarterback that Harbaugh has ever had at Michigan. Uh, it's just you know that this kid's better and you're just sitting him on the bench because uh, loyalty, I guess. I don't I don't really know. I think they win that game if J.J. McCarthy is slinging the ball around, though. So, I don't know. I, I'm sorry, Kevin. I'm sorry. Jeff, do you have any thoughts on this game? Extend Jim Harbaugh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This <laughs> no, I, I, <laughs> Get out of here. Um, he's, he's a dinosaur of a bygone era, and I think that we saw it play out in this game. We've seen it through his entire tenure. We've seen how he's recruiting. It's um, – you know, I think going up by 16 was probably the worst thing that could have happened to them because he's the type of football coach that if you're up by 16, then all we need to do is beat the clock and we're not even playing the game anymore. <sighs> and and so that they went into the shell after that. And, they, you know, we, we see it. You see it every single time. It seems like in these big comebacks that as soon as these teams go up, there's a certain segment of there's two different types of football coaches. One will continue to put their foot on your throat and they will choke you out and they will beat you 42 to 14. And there is also the coach that says we're up by 16. This is football. Let's not turn the ball over. Let's run the ball. Let's run the clock. We just beat this clock and we've got this team beat. We've won the game already. It's, 10 minutes left in the third quarter. And I think that that is what happened in this game. And because that's the kind of coach that Jim Harbaugh is, I don't understand what he's doing recruiting wise, because he, he's just hammering the East coast way too much for some unknown reason. And really the reality of it is you've got Ohio state that they're not recruiting Ohio like that, like a Jim Trestle did. They, you know, there's, Ohio is open. Like you can go into Ohio and the fact that Harbaugh doesn't matter, doesn't bother to do that is a problem because they should be getting all these kids that have a massive chip on their shoulder out of Ohio. Like what we saw Mark D'Antonio do for the, the Michigan state program and still be able to pull guys nationally with that Michigan brand. And all of a sudden you've got all these guys in the program that they just want to beat Ohio state at the end of the year. Plus the, exceptional athletes that you know are going to go to the NFL and you've got an aura an attitude around your program. And so my concern is that they might get a guy like Luke fickle to replace because he would do that. And that would, I think that that's where these two programs are right now. That's your road print. If you want to beat Ohio state, because we saw Mark D'Antonio do that. He, he gave urban Myers teams all that they could handle because he had all these guys from Ohio that had massive chips on their shoulder that could still play that knew that even the few that did go to Ohio state, they went head to head in high school and they knew that they were on the same level with them. And you're just missing that out of the program entirely. That being said, there's again, a lot of football left to be played. If Michigan wins out and we're to beat Ohio state, we're having different conversations. And certainly I mean, that, 
that's not going to happen. <laughs> I would be, I think everybody would be surprised to see that happen. And we'd probably be lucky not to see Michigan drop another game two, three on the season, because it, this also kind of sets up as they were on the, the edge and they, the way that they were winning games, it's a very specific way to win games. And if things start to go wrong and the, the disbelief starts to chip away in the program a little bit, if guys start to check out a little bit and you know what, that high number, you're not playing for the end of the season. Yeah. Things can go wrong quick. Sorry, Kevin. Once They're not beating Ohio State, but I appreciate you keep saying that. It just makes you feel better every time I hear that. But <laughs> no, there's no the way. And I've seen this happen before. I so. will never. I won't even watch that game. All right, Ohio State, Penn State. Uh, I'll be quick. Ohio State should have won easily. I don't, you know, I guess the refs or whatever. Uh, I don't think Penn State is that good. I do think they played okay. They still, Franklin is one of the most overrated coaches in college football, and I will stand by that statement. Um, I think he's not a very good coach. Uh, I think he recruits well, but he doesn't do much after that, uh, and that's just kind of my opinion of Franklin. Christian, what did you see in this game? Uh, I hate to side with Jeff, but the officiating in this game was freaking trash. Uh, <laughs> it was so bad. Um, no, you're right, though. Ohio State should have won by a lot. Uh, they did not convert in the red zone. Uh, they had I don't know what if it was a trust thing or, or what was happening, uh, but I didn't like what I saw out of that offense. And I guess like I just tried to make an argument that they should be the number two team in the country. I guess if they would have put it on Penn State, they probably could have been, or at least number three. Um, who knows? But uh, yeah, Penn State they they held their own uh, for a long, long time. They held Travion Henderson uh, down. And, and made him irrelevant. He was averaging one yard a carry for a good majority of this game. And that's hard to do because he is quite literally the best running back in college football right now. Sorry, Bajan truthers. It's just facts. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, Penn State, like you said, he James Franklin recruits really well, and then this happens every year. Um, but he is a guy that does go into Ohio, like Jeff was just talking about, and he gets some of these guys over here, so. Uh, maybe he sticks around. I think he's one foot out the door. And I think we saw that a little bit Saturday. Thank you for talking about the refs. So I don't have to, um, this game is the same thing every single year. I, I don't understand it because on paper, on talent, you look at it and it, they should be a blowout because it's we see Penn State have performances like they did against Illinois and we see them against Iowa and on paper Ohio State should blow them out but this is this is a rivalry game first off but the officiating is annually horrendous and if you disagree with that I, I don't know what you're just biased as hell against Ohio State I'll tell you that right now because <laughs> absolutely it's I have 100% it is the same, bias. it is the same thing every single year in this game um, the red zone is I think Ohio State needed this game a little bit. I would have worried about them a little bit, I think, if they would have just rolled through and and kind of – they needed that shock to their system that maybe they don't have everything figured out yet. And so I think that that, that was good for the whole program to kind of get their eye opening a little bit. I do – we talk about the Michigan State game and the Michigan game and this game, and it kind of – I feel like the games were similar. The difference was Penn State didn't have Kenneth Walker. And if Penn State would have had Kenneth Walker, this might have been a different football game. And I think that that really is what boils down to the difference between these two games. And 
I'm happy Ohio State got the win. Um, certainly would have liked to see them cover. You'd like to see them put out performances, but there's enough that they can do that throughout the rest of the season. And Big Ten officials, you suck. I don't understand what your problem is in this game every year, and I don't know who the deck is clearing. But um, I'm telling you right now, if, if you want to – Big Ten, whatever decision you've made here, Ohio State is your bread and butter, and you should be trying to get them in the playoff, not exclude them from the playoff to have them lose arbitrarily bullshit games in October. So <laughs> that is what it is. Uh, whatever. I'm not going to go there. I just, you know, I, it was pretty badly officiated, but I I, enjoy, I enjoyed it. <laughs> I You guys don't understand. We have a group chat, and I know people out there don't think we talk, but we actually do like each other. Uh, and uh, the Jeffs, Going crazy in this group chat every Saturday is like, I know me and Christian just laugh every time. We let him just, he vents. We don't respond. We just let him go. And then we know that he'll like, then he'll send like a thing. Oh yeah, I'm all right. I'm calm down now. So like, just know it is epic. If you can see these, these, these in the, in the group chat. Uh, All right. Wake Forest. We kind of already mentioned them, but Hey, they're our team of the pod. We want them to go undefeated. That's uh, I want them to go undefeated just to cause chaos. I don't know if Jeff does because that might push Ohio State out, but I do think it'd be fun to watch them go undefeated. Imagine this team with Kenneth Walker. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, and not that Kenneth Walker was utilized the correct way. Someone asked why he didn't do this uh, at Wake. It might have been in that group chat. Uh, we might have talked about that. It was me. Yeah, and it was. It's because Wake Forest's offense is fake, and Michigan State's is not fake. Uh, but Kenneth Walker is still really good, and he would have they they would be uh, in consideration for a playoff spot right now. I think with him, so. well, they are anyways. But Sam Hartman yeah. is the you know your college stud. Apparently, my death squad. He won me my second game of the year and cost me Quinn Ewers in the process. I would imagine, but I'm happy to have him in, in the one move that I'm allowed to make per year in that league. So that's <laughs> that's fun. <laughs> all right all right we, uh, uh, we won't talk about commissioners in c2c all right uh games of the week this week uh the liberty versus Ole miss you know i'll be quicker on this uh i don't know if corral's gonna play so that kind of leaves as the luster of this game if corral plays i think it'd be interesting i you know i'm not on the malik willis train like some people on the show i'm still hesitant to put him in some spots but uh who do you think wins this game you think it's a big game for malik well, we make our picks later, Kevin. Yeah, don't get oh, yeah. that, Jeff. Oh, I'm sorry. All right, my bad. <laughs> okay, well, how, how am I to say this? Uh, uh, what is your analysis of this game, Christian? <laughs> uh, I think Malik Willis needs to have a big game. This Ole Miss okay. defense is not good. Uh, I don't know that he will. I there, there are some serious concerns with Malik Willis, and I know everyone gets really, really hyped because he can layer a football. 40 yards downfield on a rope and that's fun and it's cool when he can do it because he stands in the pocket and actually is able to do that but most of the time he's not standing in the pocket he's scrambling around because he doesn't know what he's seeing he's um yeah he he struggles to read the field still i want to see him read the field and look like a quarterback in this game a quarterback first and exciting athlete I still like Malik Willis a decent bit, but this is go time. Like this is, are you the number one overall pick or are you a back end of the first type of guy? Uh, and I, I am a little nervous that he is a back end of the first type of guy. 
Yeah, this is his one opportunity to really shine out. Um, you know, he's they struggled against Syracuse. Syracuse was the team that beat them, correct? I'm not making I'm not wrong on that. Yeah, um, Syracuse just annihilated him. He did not yeah, know. I was gonna happening. say they they when the one time that they've stepped up competition this year, they were not up to it. And so I, I could see this for as much excitement as we have about Malik Willis coming into this game, I could see this ending very badly. To be on the record, I have no excitement about Malik Willis coming to this game. All right, <laughs> Auburn versus Texas A&M. Hey, Auburn. Hey, Auburn playing pretty well here. Uh, and they're going into Texas A&M. They both kind of need the win here. Uh, can Auburn win this? And then maybe we're talking about them maybe beating uh, – well, no, sorry. My bad. Not win this. Uh, the, give me the analyst of this game in <laughs> Auburn. But also, Jeff, do you think they maybe could beat Alabama? They have a recipe that might be interesting against Alabama. The ability to run the ball with um, Tank, Bigsby, and then also, you know, Bo Nix has been much better. And athlete-wise, they could hang in it. And um, we, we saw what we wanted to see so far this season against even Georgia. They gave Georgia probably the best game that any anybody's given Georgia this year outside of the opening weekend with Clemson, which feels – like if Georgia were to play Clemson now, that that game would be completely different. But um, they they were kind of chipping away and, and still fighting in that game. Um, can they? Yeah, they certainly can. I mean, it's the Iron Bowl. You throw out the record, and yeah, they've got the guys that can do it. Bo Nix has been good. Uh, I know that's that's gonna hurt some people's ears, and people want to cling to. Uh, the, the notion that Bo Nix sucks because he has. And it, it, I mean, he's still inconsistent. We saw a little bit of the inconsistency in some big games this year, Penn State, for example. Uh, and this is this Auburn team is exactly why I think that uh, Penn State's pretty good is because they, they went down to the wire with them. I think they have the recipe to win this game. I think they could play spoiler a little bit down the stretch. I'm excited. Yeah, no, I, I do. And hey, shout out Derek Mason, uh, you know, former Vandy coach. He's the defensive coordinator at, you know, Auburn. And he's and he's been having that. that he's always been a really good defensive coordinator. He's a terrible head coach. Uh, all right, let's uh, let's go to the games. Uh, let's, Christian, let's talk about Sportsbook Rundown. Let us know how we did last week and let's go. Yeah, so the Sportsbook Rundown, this is where we pick seven games each week. Uh, all three of us tied last week at three and four. Jeff is still our season leader, 36, 31 and one. Kevin is 29, 38, and 1, and I am sitting in the middle at 30, 37, and 1. And the first game that we're going to pick this week is Wake Forest at North Carolina. North Carolina, surprisingly, two-and-a-half-point home favorites in this game. Sam Howell looked really good last week against Notre Dame, uh, but UNC went to 500. I, I believe they're 4-4 four and four right now. Uh, and so I'm a little shocked by this line. Kevin, who are you picking? I should pick North Carolina, but Wake Forest is the – team of the show i'm staying on brand and i'm going away for it because i want to see them win out but i think north carolina i don't know north carolina weapons are pretty bad um but i'm gonna go wake Forest just so i can cheer for wake Forest. you know what since wake Forest is the team of the show i i want to pick them um but i'm gonna take north carolina because god forbid if christian you are a bastard them, then you know what we're you going are... to we're gonna it... be stuck and so I'm no 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 carolina don't do that you're doing this because if Christian would have picked, you, you know, you know, you just picked that because you think North Carolina is going to win. Now you're trying to do something like you don't want to jinx Wake Forest. You just want to win. You are, you are a bastard. You know that? 
Um, <laughs> so what if I told you that I was going to pick North Carolina, Jeff? Then would you switch? You know what? I I don't. I just don't want to. I just love this Wake Forest story, and I don't want to. Oh, really? Do you want to switch your pick? I'll go. I'll switch my pick. Yeah, I'll go. I'll go Wake Forest. Kevin, you want to switch your pick now too? Since no, the no, I'm gonna stand. I I have I have balls. I'm gonna stand by my pick first. Well, I I I didn't want to jinx them. Is my concern Uh, because we have the game every year that every. Then I apologize. You thing and jinx the heck out of it. I apologize for calling you a bastard. I apologize. I just want to protect the team of the show. The reality. Of it is, is I, this fair. is the team that I care about in my heart above any other team <laughs> college football right now, and so I just want to protect them. <laughs> and I'm picking North Carolina because I think this could be a Wake Forest letdown game after a big bounce back performance after their weird uh, performance against what Army, Navy, Army, one of the the military schools. Uh, North Carolina, meanwhile, did look good last week. Sam Howell has played this team quite a bit, and I think that that matters. Um, so I'm, I'm actually, I think North Carolina wins by field goal right at the line. Scary stuff. All right. Liberty at Ole Miss. Ole Miss is nine point favorites. I assume that line changes if the news is that Corral does not play. Um, maybe not, maybe not though. Uh, Liberty is not great. I'll pick first. I'm taking Ole Miss in this game. Uh, like I said, I think I'm, I'm slightly concerned that we're going to see that version of Malik Willis that I don't want to see. So I, I will lean on Ole Miss here. Jeff, who are you taking? I'm going to take Ole Miss. I'm concerned that this game is – I don't know that the rest of Liberty's guys are there to even be able to pull Malik Wills through it. And if Ole Miss gets rolling – and, you know, I, I think that Lane Kiffin would probably love to put 70 points on this Liberty team just for fun. Yeah, Ole Miss. That's the jinx. So sorry, Ole Miss. Sorry, Ole Miss. Be ready for the upset, college football world. Uh, All right. Next game Auburn at Texas AM. AM is four and a half point favorites. These guys are back to back in the college football playoff rankings. We did not talk about that. Uh, I think 13 and 14 is what I saw uh, with Auburn ahead. Uh, Jeff, who are you taking in this game? Take it Auburn. I wore Eagle. I like this Auburn team um, giving me points and um, Texas A&M. I may struggle to score, so I'll go with them. I'm going Auburn as well. Um, I think that the defense is playing well. I do think that they can make some turnovers happen, and I think they can win. Yeah. uh, (laughs) Sorry, Auburn. Uh, This might be the (laughs) jinx too, because I'm going to take Auburn as well. I think uh, Bo Nix is – Figuring it out, I think they can rely on Tank Bigsby in that defense, and it won't even matter if Bo Nix doesn't figure it out in this game. Uh, Oregon at Washington. Oregon, six-and-a-half-point favorites. You're telling me a playoff team is only six-and-a-half-point favorites against Washington? Come on, <laughs> Come on now. Uh, all right. Uh, who's Kevin, you're first. Who you take? That's fair. I'm still taking Oregon because Washington's really bad. Like If Oregon, Oregon can win this game, I don't know if they have any chance to lose this game. They're going to lose to Utah probably, but not Washington. This line's Jeff. so weird. This is, I don't know. <laughs> I don't you know – you know, we're just going to miss every game. I'm telling you right now, college football, whenever everything's weird and it's a quiet week, that's when all the upsets happen. And um, But I'm taking Oregon. Six and a half points against a bad Washington team. Yeah, I, I not can't. not disagreeing much. Yeah, not that's, just, I, we, that's why we're going to miss we every don't game. Do this. <laughs> There's no way Washington wins this game. And we can pull that quote if they do. Uh, and we can make fun of me. I'm, I'm on board. All right. Uh, 
So, yeah, I'm taking Oregon, obviously. Uh, Ohio State at Nebraska. Ohio State's 15-point favorites on the road. Um, I'll go first in this this one, and I'm taking Nebraska to cover. Uh, I think Nebraska is – I think Nebraska's put together quite a few good performances in a row now. They haven't won all of them, but Scott Frost, we made fun of him a lot early in the season, and I think he actually got through to that team. They're playing inspired, and I think that's enough to keep it within two touchdowns. Ohio State drills them and covers easily. I think this is a lock of the week. I'm going Ohio State as well. I just didn't want to jinx Jeff's team. so (laughs) Thank you for your service. You can't agree on everything. Oh, yeah, Kevin and I agree on everything so far. No, it's because you guys were fighting before. Uh, all right, Baylor <laughs> at TCU. Baylor is only six and a half point favorites against the. Uh, is is Gary Patterson coaching in this game? Is he finishing out the season? Is he done forever? He's done. He's done. That's what I thought. He's already uh, walked. So six, yeah, I think he had his uh, press conference. That's what I thought. Uh, Kevin, who are you taking in this game? Baylor. Jeff. Yeah, I was going to take TCU as a last stand, but if their coach quit on him, I'm taking Baylor. Yeah, I'm mutually. Baylor. It's, mutually uh, was fired. Baylor, Baylor should win this game by like 21 at least, I think. Um, and that's no slight to TCU. They played well. Yeah, Baylor's playing very well. I, I think Aranda could really go to LSU. Like, I know that's crazy to say, but I think that he might get that job. I don't think it's crazy. Uh, last game, Michigan State at Purdue. Michigan State, only three-point road favorites against a Purdue team that they were ranked for a week, and then they lost. I don't think they made it into the college football playoff rankings. Uh, so, keep Jeff, who you taking? Michigan State, like this is just weird. These, I don't know. Like, these we might lines have to do don't make homework sense. On these. these lines don't make any sense at all. And, and no. so... It so worries if you're betting me this week. These like, lines don't make any sense at all. Okay, Kevin, who are you taking? Ah, uh, you know, I'm taking Purdue. Really? Yeah. Okay. To be to be different, because <laughs> like, I, I, I think you think I they're going to win. I think Michigan State is going to come off the high beam, Michigan, that, and you and you see that. Versus okay. a Purdue team that maybe could come out and surprise them, get on them a little bit, and then we're looking at a very close game. And I wouldn't be surprised Purdue winning this game, to be honest. I think that's I a like great that. call. I wanted to go there. The, the three number just really threw me. I think it's a great call because this is a great letdown spot. It is. Yeah, you're right. All right, that'll do it for uh, the sportsbook rundown. Let's get into prospect poker kit. Yeah, so we're gonna just we're gonna play poker, and while we play poker, we're gonna review our cards and just go through some guys that we think could have a big week, and guys that we really like, some stars, and then some sleepers that hey, guys have been playing pretty well uh, that you should kind of keep an eye on, and we've been doing pretty well at this. I think we kind of know what we're talking about, so you definitely should pay attention. Uh, and so let's go through some stars, uh, Christian. Who are you gonna talk about this week? I'm just gonna talk about Kyron Williams, and um, if I'm being completely honest. I don't even remember who Notre Dame plays this week. Uh, The reason I want to talk about Kyron Williams is because he is a star. He is every bit of a star. He deserves to be in the discussion for the top back. In uh, the 2022 NFL draft, he just ran for 200 yards. The kid is a stud, and I think he continues to build on that this week. So we've we've thrown out our cards here. We have a six of hearts, a seven of diamonds, a nine of spades, and Christian is sitting on a spicy turn with a ten of diamonds, and so he's got a potential straight. My, I don't think we've ever had a straight on this show. 
no, mm-hmm. we usually just win on pairs. But um, so my my star of the week, I'm going to go with Malik Willis because this is the spot for him this week. And and he's got that Ole Miss defense has been able to be scored upon. And um, Hugh Freeze is going to want to win this game. I would imagine he's going to give you know, the dude coach from his hotel room bed. So I imagine he's going to be willing to give plenty to win this game. And so it's Malik Willis's turn here. And he's the star of the week. If he does it, if he doesn't, that that bottom could fall out. Ooh, ace of hearts. Yeah, so. All right, my guy is going to be Bryce. Uh, Stop if you heard me talk about Bryce in the show, but he's my my guy. But the reason why (laughs) I included him in this is, you know, in the last game he played against Tennessee, actually, you know, 307 yards, two touchdowns, two rushing touchdowns. I think he can win the Heisman. So this is why I mentioned him. I think if they have a big stretch down the stretch, they go undefeated. If he beats Georgia and he does that thing, like, and that he has a big week this week, and he still has the best odds. He's at 125. So I still think that Young can win the Heisman, and I think that this this last week, this week, and as he moves forward, if he plays well, I think he can still get that get that title. Ooh, oh, the pair. Pair nine, sign of hearts for Kevin. All right, uh, my sleeper this week is a little a little guy named Montrell Johnson, and I say little guy because he's actually a really big guy. Uh, he plays for Louisiana. Louisiana gets Georgia State this week, and I think they're going to take it to him. And I think a good or a part of that will be Montrell Johnson. He's averaging twelve point nine fantasy points per game for C two C leagues. He's a three star, five eleven, two hundred and one pound running back. Very good contact balance. Has impressive production in his true freshman year. This is a guy I, I want to keep an eye on. Uh, the, this is a Louisiana team that has produced NFL backs now. Uh, so I'm excited to watch him this week. Frick. Jack of clubs. So my guy, um, Abram Smith, the Baylor running back. And I just love the story. So he was a linebacker before the season. Dave Aranda came in and switched him over to running back. And he's been just kind of the heart and soul of this team. And we saw last week against Texas, he put him on their back and he had a delivered a big touchdown run. And so I'm going to go with him in this game that TCU kind of seems like they're limping in and Baylor's really feeling themselves. And I think he's just going to have a massive game this week. Three of of spades. I got nothing. Yeah. So I'll I'll be quicker, a little quick on this. You know, my guy is, uh, I was going to talk about Shakir from Boise State, but I'm actually going to talk about Tavion Thomas from Utah running back. He's leading them right now. Uh, And against UCLA, we saw him have a big game, 160 yards and four touchdowns. And he kind of, I think, has excelled and put himself into that in that run that we're talking about, like who's going to be the Utah running back. And Utah's playing very well right now. And with the record and where they're at, like, you know, I, I like him. I like him as a runner. He's big, 6'2", 221. So I don't like the small running back. I actually like a big running back this time, Jeff. Uh, but he he's someone that he has really good vision. I like what he sees there. He runs hard. He's a north and south guy. Uh, he's not very shifty, but he's going to hit the holes. And uh, you know what? Scoring four touchdowns against the UCLA team is nothing to sneeze at. So I, I I really like him. I want to watch him play. Queen, but it didn't matter because Kevin won anyways. So he's up what one and a half to one and a third, one and a third to a third and a third. Yeah. Right. So now we're gonna. Yeah, play. he's an accountant. He has the math skills. Now we're going to play a little bit of blackjack. And the way we play blackjack is we play um, we play blackjack. And when you flip, you ask a trivia question. And if you get it right, beneficial outcome. If you get it wrong, the worst outcome. 
So we're sitting on right now. Boom. <laughs> Kevin. All Kevin right. throws up a 20, so Kevin is pretty much going to win, but Christian can have a shot here. All right. Does someone have a question for me? Um, I don't know. Does Jeff have a question? Hurry up. <laughs> Doesn't seem seem like it. Jeff, do you want to go first and hit? You know what? I got a question. Okay. Who is leading the NCAA in rushing yards? In rushing yards. Kenneth Walker. Sean Tucker is currently leading in the NCAA oh. in rushing yards. Kenneth Walker's top so, five, though, right? Like, I'm not crazy. Kenneth Walker <laughs> is second. So, you bust. Oh, okay. That's unfortunate. All right, I have a question for you. Yep. Um, how many times has – this is an NFL question. How many times has Odell Beckham scored more than 20 fantasy points per game in PPR leagues since joining the Cleveland Browns? Ooh, I like oh, I knew this year because I looked it up, the numbers for this year. Um, since joining them, once. Three times. Um, One was against the Cowboys. I'd say yeah, that. I knew the Cowboys game. <laughs> so Cowboys last year, and then the other two came in 2019 with Freddie Kitchens at the helm. Disgusting. Sad day. Freddie Kitchens. Still all right, yeah. you got one more question for me? Kevin, you got one? Which got team one. has the highest total wins in the FBS history? Highest total wins in FBS history, Michigan. Yeah, that's correct. Nice. Oh. All right, so what I've got here. I've got 18 sitting on, ni- sitting on 19. I have another question. You have another question? I could ask myself a question. Let's see if that. All right, out of busted. <laughs> okay. I don't know. Kevin wins. Good job, Kevin. Kevin. Wins. Hey, Good job. I appreciate that. Uh, I do. Uh, what do I want to talk about? Man, so many options here. Playoffs, college football, how state sucks. You know what I'm going to talk about? I am going to talk about how fantasy football is not lucky. So it is not. I saw that's going around here. I saw that someone had tweeted us out, and I and I said that hey. It is not just luck. Uh, to me, it is about skill. It's about, you know, I know injuries can happen. Injuries happen to us all. I lost in a league. I lost Dobbins and Akers and Michael Thomas, and I'm still competing for a spot. It can happen. You just have to be adaptable. I think these two guys that I, that I have a show with, they're smart. They've made me better. And to be quite honest, you need to know, like, schemes. You need to know how people usage is happening. You have to be more in tune with fantasy football now because of injuries, because of the extra game. And so I don't believe that it's just luck. I think luck does have play a role, but I think that's on matchups and that's on points more, um, like, weekly basis. If you build a strong team, that's skill. And so and if you build that team, you can further yourself in, into the season. So I, I disagree that fantasy football is luck. I believe that it's skill-based. And, and that's how I'm going to – I just believe it is. I believe it's skill-based. You build your team with depth, and then you, if injuries happen, yeah, you adjust and you adapt. And I think that just saying it's luck is kind of disingenuous to people, especially analysts that spend a lot of time on this, uh, that have very good you know, wins. And I think that it is, it is skill, and you just have to trust the people that you're, that you're listening to and stop drafting LaVisca Sonal. Yes, all of that. Love it. Simple. It's simple. It's it's a simple <laughs> game, guys. All right. Well, we appreciate you guys tuning in. Uh, next week, November 9th, we'll be on at 9.30 p.m. Eastern. Until then, I'm Kevin Coleman at Boys underscore 22. I'm Jeff Bell at For Whom J. Bell Tolls. And I'm Christian Williams at C. Williams NFL. And this is the Debbie Royale.